Well, the the good thing about this particular show is that I can hit record while Endo is eating, and then for those on the video portion, they get to play. Guess what Endo is eating? Those not on the video portion, or just or those or on the video guess. portion, I suppose. Yeah, I know. And what we it could is. turn it into an ASMR portion. <laughs> oh God! Subscribe to my OnlyFans. Uh, Shut the God. fuck up. I <laughs> <laughs> hear those. Well, now we have to use this as the intro, don't big we? Big air quotes, ear kissing noises, end quotes. Okay, Definitely not is... dick sucking noises. Legal for Twitch. Okay, I think one of the one of my favorite ASMR videos I've seen is let me let me let me explain this. So this girl's doing ASMR. I think it's her little brother. It's just like in the room. And she's doing like the noises, and then he slaps her on the head with, the, with an egg, and then he just screams into the microphone. And like she has it like routed in, so she has like the feet of the mic coming directly in there. Oh, so no. he she just gets the whole earload of just screaming. Oh my god, it's, it's amazing. Ow! You get what you deserve in this life, yeah. oftentimes. <laughs> That's how it is on this bitch of an earth. Yeah, how dare you try to relax? No, How dare you try to make content people enjoy? Oh. Here's a here's an eight year old to scream in your goddamn ears. Oh. That's life, baby. That's, that's life. That's just content in general. That's how it is. Especially you know in the current scenes that we're a part of. You're gonna make content? No, I'm just gonna bitch and cry like an eight year old. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Turkey Steak Podcast, where we will do exactly that for the next hour or so. A week has passed since our last episode, gentlemen, as wow. insane as that is. Last Thursday, we were trying to schedule a show, and it's like maybe Friday, maybe Saturday, but it's it's been a busy time. November kicks in, and all of a sudden, I have no time to do All of a sudden, we're yeah. halfway through November. What the fuck? I know. What's <laughs> November 14th? Jesus. Uh, what? I know. I know. Really? I know. Yeah. It's stupid how quick this is going i want to enjoy this cold weather more after suffering through the goddamn summer it just Dude, it cold. went from 70 degrees fahrenheit here two days ago to today it was 36 that's see how it is like over here. two degrees celsius or some shit like that i wonder if you're getting like any of the because i mean there was hurricanes down south i wonder if the reason why it was slightly cold warmer up there for you mm. was due to that i don't know i don't know how well i'm not a meteorologist the good thing is, in return, we get our first snowfall of the season uh, on nice. Wednesday. That's so. nice. Well, I mean, oh, I mean, I say nice, but snow. you say I got a shovel now. So <laughs> that's true. And I oh woke up for the fourth time this year. I woke up with a pulled muscle. I think I'm dying. What the fuck? Do you like stretch? Do you just yes. is, do, you, do all you do is sit at desk, make video, eat hot chip and lie? Because that's what it seems like right now. <laughs> It's like I stretch. I make sure to take the dog for a walk on a daily basis. You know, I have a bike. I ride a bike. Welcome to and your somehow stationary. No. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow I wake up with a pulled muscle in my back like every three months. I fucking hate it. Is this what mm. getting old is like? I'm not even thirty yet. Kind this of bullshit. I, I stretch my back. I have to stretch my back out every time I wake up. <laughs> Like, I do, like, a minute-long stretch on my back just to, you know, loosen it up and get ready for the day. Otherwise, it'll – all that tension will just add up. 
I feel like it's because like I had stretched after um a lot of travel in the past week. But I don't mm. know, maybe I just didn't stretch enough and then I finally started to How much did you drive? Uh, not a ton. I was co-pilot okay. more more than most. So still sitting in a car seat. But yeah, it's a bit different because you can relax more. Yeah. As a well, Friday night, uh, the old fiance, 24, and I were driving back from a hockey game. And um, boys, you ever been in a car that began to hydroplane? Yeah, that's a it's a blast. That's but a hell of a feeling. So she was driving. And no, he was uh, talking about a black ice story before, I think. But yeah, oh, yeah hydroplaning yeah, yeah, is kind of sure. similar, just doesn't last hmm. as long. And it's a bit more jerky and kind of scary. Yeah, so uh, the next day, her wrists and arms were hurting because she was white-knuckling the wheel. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel okay, but who knows? Maybe that was the residual effect. Maybe it just kind of kicked in how stressed I was in that point. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You put, it, you put it all on your back. Jesus. Just like I put this you podcast on You can do it, put your back into it. <laughs> I can do it, put you into it. <laughs> so today, we are going to try to cram a week's worth of hockey news and a week's to a good worth start of viewer bullshitting questions. Here. I know, right? And here we are talking about hydroplaning. It's great. We're going to try to cram as much uh, into the show as we possibly can to make up for a lost time. Before we get into that, though, as always, need to mention that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. You can use code Tugi, T-O-U-G-I-E, at checkout for 20% off your order and free shipping at manscaped.com. Get the best tools for the job, cylindrical, deodorant, and all. Manscaped.com. Code Tugi. I'll hold up my Gentlemen, forearm. Gentlemen, let's get some. Because it's <laughs> technically washed by Manscaped recently. There you hey. go. That's the hey. way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, washed by Manscaped. Yeah, I like that. That's better than saying using their body wash. Scaped by man. Scaped. I mean, scaped hey. by man. Dot dot dot. Scaped. <laughs> oh, it's a perfume. I see. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, gentlemen, let's get to some viewer questions for this bad boy. And what we will do is, if one of you thinks it's a bad question, we'll just move on to the next one because I got a lot All of right, them on the list. Skip Adrian's question. There we go. Done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Immediately. <laughs> again as always Asian. too in the description whether on the audio platform you're listening to or on youtube if you're watching this link to the discord is there you can leave your questions like these fine people did question from scroopy noopers if the ducks don't get close to the playoffs a very likely outcome <clears throat> shots fired is it time to move on from dallas eakins see their coach he is who knew okay. right i was like i couldn't <laughs> fucking remember like i'm like i thought <laughs> like, I, I like i'm just like zegris is the only thing that matters there i'm like is he is bob murray even still there like i don't know um no. my best friend is a ducks fan too you figured i'd know this but dallas eakins right. I've, what, what what the audacity on them to just try a coach no one's heard about and not the same 10 ones that have been going around so the Anaheim Ducks on points percentage are the worst team in the NHL right now. Thanks to the Sharks two game winning streak. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, this is a team that had some playoff aspirations. I think you could at look least in a bubble direction. aspirations, I think. Yeah. I mean, last year they started off super hot, fell off, didn't make the playoffs. They were definitely hoping that this would be another step forward. And yeah, being dead last, it is still early, but being dead last through 15 games played, not at all what they yeah. had in mind. On top of that, I was going to mention too, the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, they're 31st in terms of points percentage, which is absolutely brutal 
for them. Yeah, and it's got Goodrow. Exactly. So you bring in Johnny Goodrow, but now it's been announced that they have two gigantic injuries. Patrick Line is hurt for the second time this season, suffered a sprained ankle on Saturday against the Islanders. He'll be out for three to four weeks. Didn't he just come back? Yes, he, he was injured, uh, I think, first yeah. game of the season. Fuck. And then Annoyed. the big one. Zach Wierenski is done Oof. for the regular season with the separated shoulder and torn labrum. Oof. Well, yeah. There's another That's Bedard tough. contender. Like, I think teams are just punting at this point. If something bad happens to them like this, they just fuck it. Especially a team that, like, I don't know. You do have Johnny Goodrow to seven, right? Did they get him to the full seven? Uh, Pretty yes. sure they did. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, you got six more years of him. You get, if you're able to get Bedard or something, it's not the end of the world, man. Imagine Bedard with, like, Goodrow and Line. Are you fucking kidding me? I don't want to because I hope it doesn't happen, but. Right. It is a very rough time for Blue Jackets fans, though. Like, you get Johnny yeah. Goodrow and you're feeling good. Second to last team in the NHL. You lose your top defenseman in Zach Wierenski, which is... I don't know if they have anybody on that. They don't. They don't have anybody on that roster, uh, at least at a glance, where you're like, well, maybe he can kind of fill in. Like, that is a brutal Yeah, I'm trying to think of loss. other notables, and I can't. Well, I'm looking at their team right now, according to Cap Friendly. Uh, worth noting, uh, Elvis Merzlikens, eight games played, a 4.82 goals against average with an 8.63 save percentage. Ow. You know who'd be really good? Bjorkstrand. Or, wait. Mm, yeah, wouldn't he be nice? Is it Bjorkstrand or Bjorklund? I think it's it Bjorkstrand. Bjork yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seattle. Okay. Oh, I'm going to talk about Seattle in a second, too. For nothing. Um, God. So, like, their leading score is Goodrow with 12 points, and you have Boone Jenner with eight um, someone like Cole Sillinger is three points in 14 games. He's not exactly crushing it. Their defensive pairings right now are Vladislav Gavrikov and Andrew Peak, Jake Bean and Jacob Christensen, Gavin Bayreuther and Marcus Bjork. I know two of those names, and <laughs> that's mainly from like them being promising prospects at one point, And now obviously they're not as they've been traded once. Remember Jake Bean, he was supposed to be pretty mm. decent. Yeah. Injured defenseman for the blue jackets. Good Branson, Wierenski, Boakfist, and Nick Blankenberg. Who was oh, that's day. right. They also say good Branson. Yeah. Oh, they are fucked right now. That really sucks. I mean, I mean, that's what they get for doing the good Branson thing. Number one, uh, I don't know if I had a number two. <laughs> okay. I also wanted to mention, because we were going to talk about them anyway, and this Ducks question can kind of spurn into a larger question that I can put together here. You have the Ducks in dead last at 32nd, Columbus at 31. Vancouver is currently 30th in terms of points percentage, despite the fact that Bo Horvat is second in league scoring, only behind Connor McDavid. It's pretty absurd. Crazy. Needs a contract, and, by the way. Mm, and for the Canucks, uh, having lost last night against the Bruins, and we'll talk about the Bruins in a little bit as well. Um, this comes from Harman Dayal, I believe it is, um, on Twitter. Canucks have surrendered at least three goals against in 15 of their 16 games this season. Horrific. Yeah, not pretty. Horrific from them. And then the other team, because I was going to talk about the teams at the top that are surprises, but again, this Anaheim question kind of brought me to the teams at the bottom 
who are surprises. Uh, 29th is San Jose. No surprise there. And we can talk about the Sharks in a little bit. But 28th is St. Louis in points percentage, which to me is equally as crazy. I mean, this is a team that has really continued to struggle. I mean, they had that, what, 8-9 loss in a row run after starting off 3-0. and uh, They set a franchise record, actually, with eight consecutive losses in regulation. Damn. And I believe the stat's now out of date. But at one point, I think heading into Thursday's show, uh, there was a stat that the St. Louis Blues had 23 goals on the season, which was the same amount that McDavid and Dreisaitl had combined by themselves. <laughs> so... Terrible situation for the Blues, Enda. If there's one thing that's really funny about this is, in retrospect to, you know, the whole hysteria about the Leafs losing, what's it called, like, you know, two out of four games on a road trip against teams they should have beaten. St. Mm. Louis Blues are, what, nine in a row? They lost, you said. Uh, it was eight in a row. It might have ended up being nine in a row. But even, they are still eight eight of nine. That's still fucking, that's more concerning than, you know, the, the uh, Leafs being like that. Because, you know, they got Bennington, they got some other key players over there. I feel like like the first 10, 15 games of the season is like a terrible marking point to see like who's going to be really, really there there. Because, again, yeah. we talked about how like that same like St. Louis team, minus like obviously a few key players, won a Stanley Cup. They're being dead last at mm-hmm. New Year's Day. So like once you get the New Year's kind of thing, I think it's a good way to check and see the ranges. I mean, there are some teams that are obviously they're going to be the bottom teams like, you know, that. But at the end of the day, you never know. So that leads me to the question for you guys, then. Excluding San Jose, because we know Sin wants them to be bad, obviously. Four of the bottom five teams, St. Louis, Vancouver, Columbus, Anaheim. If you had to pick one to make the playoffs, who do you think turns it around and makes it? Ooh. Because for me, it's between St. Louis and Vancouver. I think Columbus without Wierenski, they're toast. And yep. I don't know if Anaheim can get out from this bad of a start. Just four wins out of their first 15 games might be too far gone. And they might look like Sin said, to just kind of punt the season. Maybe shed some assets and see what you can get in terms of draft capital. Yeah, I'm assuming they're going to do that with Drisdale being out or Drysdale. I never. That's right. We didn't even get it. to talk about that. He's out, too. Well, no, we did talk about that. I think we did talk Monday. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point. So yeah, Drysdale's out. It sucks. Um, I really thought they were doing things right. They kind of really took the time to stock up on draft picks. I mean, but I mean, I, I I don't know. I just maybe consider this growing pains for them, though. Last year was supposed to be their growing pains. At this point, I think you move on from the coach no matter what. Like, mm. I don't know. Unless like the players seem married to him in some way. But. I, I feel like they have enough talent to be better than they are, which is would point me to the coach because you don't give up on young players yet at this stage. You don't start draining them off. You're not in a Vancouver spot yet as the Ducks. You know, you haven't been shit for 10 years. Ducks were got eliminated by the Sharks in the first round. What was it, 2017? So it's like, you know, they're still within that kind of five-year span of like, okay, that was their last time in the playoffs. They started sucking. They got a bunch of picks. They've drafted pretty well. Mm-hmm. Now it's about time they should start making those improvements, but this is kind of a second stagnant year. And so I think you you look to the coach here first before you start shipping out that young talent. So I think we roll out Anaheim and Columbus, St. Louis or Vancouver out of the mm-hmm. bottom five teams. Which one do you think is more likely to make the playoffs? St. Louis. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I hate to much- say it. Yeah. But 
honestly, I think there could be something going on in Vancouver, uh, like behind. It just seems with what with what with the kind of offseason they had combined with how anal those owners that we know them to be. I wonder if there's some sort of inner conflict where the owners are like trying like over overruling some of the management groups. Because remember, they were like, yeah, we're not sure if we're going to keep uh, Boudreaux last season mm. or whatever. And then they ended up keeping him anyway, even though they almost seemed very clear that they weren't going to do anything. I don't know. It just seems very weird. And man, some of the lack of effort from the Canucks players, particularly JT Miller. Oof. Like they just look done. Yeah. Fun fact like, though, JT Miller, 15 points in 16 games. Yeah, he's going to score, but like yeah. He's so shit without the puck. Like <laughs> not e- not even just like in his own end, which is pretty abysmal. I don't know if you guys saw the uh the highlight of him getting the puck stripped from him or passing it to someone else and out like the wrong. Yeah, and then gliding yeah. backwards, not making an attempt. Like that to me as a again, more of like a someone who loves defense and loves the art of fucking playing hard defense and shit. (laughs) Unforgivable in my opinion. Yeah. That reminds me of like the Patrick line, I think with torts and how like he didn't like back check on that simple, simple play like that, the fight for the puck back. And then it resulted with torts being like losing his job with all that, like a few weeks later. Like, Mm. I don't, I don't know what, what's up with Vancouver. Like it seems like the fans really liked Bruce. So the management was like, well, he's a fan favorite clearly. So we have to keep him around. And then I guess maybe something happened in the off season and some acquisitions happened and, you know, you know, anything can happen realistically. It, it only takes like a minute for someone's mind to change on someone or a person or an ability uh, behind the bench. I think definitely the losing streak, like, really killed the morale there like guys are gonna guys are gonna put up points but at the same time you can be putting up points but it's a team game like you can't just have one guy doing the entirety of the work and expect to win games like you can't mick david says hold my jock strap no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> he's got uh, dry okay he's got yeah. dry yeah for sure question number two <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Thank, thank you for that scrooping your person. Yeah. Um, it is NFL related from uh, Mr. Dimma. Now, again, NFL wise, I don't think either of you have been paying all that much attention. I got to be honest. I, I think that's a smart decision. His question is bigger surprise this year in the NFL. Jalen Hurts, quarterback at the Eagles or Geno Smith. And with the Seahawks being at the time six and three in the Broncos three and five. Is it, safe, is it safe to say that the Hawks fleece the Broncos in the Russell Wilson trade? Here's the problem with the NFL. Aside from the fact that I don't think these two guys have, have paid all that much attention compared to, say, the back and forth that like Deej could have had in that era of the podcast, uh, with he and I both being, you know, really consistent watching every week football fans. Uh, the NFL this season has been dreadful. The officiating's been dreadful. The uh, the vast majority of teams in the league have sucked. Uh there's a handful of teams in each conference that are over 500. Like it is the haves and the have nots. Um, And somehow the strongest division is the AFC East with the dolphins, jets, bills, and Patriots in that order. The bills are currently behind the jets. It's been one of the wonkiest NFL seasons I've ever seen. 
Yeah, one of my one of my ex bandmates is a Jets fan, so that's the only reason I know they're doing good because he's fucking constantly posting on Facebook. Like he's so he's so happy to be finally enjoying football, <laughs> like his football team. But yeah, um, it's it, it does. I, I've watched a little bit here and there. Um, I don't know who I'd say the bigger surprises. I don't know enough about that, but I trade like the trade thing. Yes and no. Like again, quarterback's pretty freaking important, but at the same time, Seahawks could have still used Russell Wilson, man. Yeah. I, so right I now, think he was pretty it, damn good. Like in reference to that specific question, the Philadelphia Eagles are eight zero. I believe they played the New York Giants, who are seven and two tonight on Monday Night Football, which is a hell of a game. Uh, and then, yeah, Seattle with Geno Smith at their, uh, as their starting quarterback is six and four, while the Denver Broncos are three and six with Russell Wilson. So fleeced is is starting to look like a decent word. It's still too early to tell for that particular trade, but it is amazing just how quickly, uh, especially in the NFL, a deal that can look so one sided for one team can flip uh, and look as bad yeah. as it absolutely has. Uh, from Rafi, and a question that is definitely for me in regards to the uh, Champions League and the Europa League and the soccer world, the football world. Football. Uh, Europa League, don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> don't give a damn about the Europa League whatsoever. Champions League-wise, the big issue is that, um, yeah, Liverpool is going to play Real Madrid and... Um, that was the final of last year's Champions League, and Liverpool did not win that. And um, yeah, but hey, the World Cup starts in a week. Yeah, where oh we'll my all God. try to forget wow. about the slave labor that went into building the stadiums. Oh yeah. my God! Actually, I think I can talk about this. I shot something um, with uh, some guys over at Bar Down. Need me to film something in there. And they're basically recreating like World Cup celebrations in, in hockey. So mm-hmm. silly. Um, and a bunch of those guys uh, are, they got flown down because they're working with TSN and do some stuff over there. And like, I'm like, you, you guys are okay? Like, you guys gonna be safe? Like, they arrived maybe like a week ago and they're just like, dude, it's so different here. It's like an entirely culture shock and everything. I'm like, yeah, just, just make sure you can guys get back on that plane on the way back home. Okay. Like, God. I mean, I'm the yeah, first one to admit I'll I'll be a hypocrite. <laughs> like I'm going to watch the World Cup. Yeah. But yeah, I don't feel great about it. <laughs> Where was it again? Is it this it's in Qatar. Qatar? Yeah, okay, okay. In the winter for what is normally a summer based event because money talks. So that's a whole great situation. Uh yeah. AJ, I'm sorry you asked the question, but Endo said it was a skip. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. We can talk about it. It's it's food related. Okay, right, that's fine. good. Favorite food item that you've had at a sporting event? That's tough. If nothing right, comes to mind for you guys, this can be the opportunity where I talk about uh, quickly last Wednesday uh, when I did go down to Boston uh, to catch a, a live edition of AEW Dynamite, um, which for the first time, like normally when I go to a wrestling event or a hockey event, hockey events I've sat on the glass, but normally when I go to an event like that, I like to sit center and a little bit up because you can see everything. Yeah, this time I sat right next to the goddamn ramp. Best decision. Best decision. Totally different experience. That was fantastic. Uh, it did take a 20 minute drive from my hotel to the arena. It took 55 minutes because of 
Boston traffic. That was great. Um, so we just got food in the arena. Shout out to Aganis Arena, uh, home of the BU Terriers, for good food that was cheap. Yeah. I don't know how the hell it happened, but you could get like a, a chicken finger basket of like five chicken tenders, a big ass pile of fries and a drink for like 10 bucks at an arena. Bad. That's really I don't think I've seen arena. prices like that since 1974. Couldn't believe it. So that, so that is my favorite yeah. food item I've ever had at a sporting event, AJ, because it was fucking affordable. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So the one thing that's really good about like college experiences from what I've heard, obviously you firsthand experience, the food is cheap because they know it's college, pe- college people or they're like, they're all broke as shit. They already got your money getting through there with the tickets. So like, might as well just give you the same money as well. Like, yeah, same thing happened when I was over at uh, when I was studying at college at Seneca, and they had like they didn't have any like event stuff, so it was mostly pinching off of your queue, and that stuff there was just super affordable, really really cheap, really really good quality. It's like not even like good; they have to be good quality. It has to be cheap food, and it's just great. Yeah, Sin, what about no. yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Prob. I don't. I don't actually buy food at arenas anymore. Um, simply because I find it insulting the prices and I take mm-hmm. weird fucking, I, I choose really weird heels to die on. Um, I'm a very stubborn individual. This is one of them. So just yep. bear that in mind. So the time that the, what I'm going to mention is when I was a kid, because yeah, I wasn't paying for my fucking arena food at that point. <laughs> the joys of being a goddamn kid. Um, yeah, it was at, um, I gotta just say Oakland Coliseum, whatever it was called at the time. Um, uh, the A's, the A's, where, where they play, essentially. Man, dude, I had, like, this Polish dog there that was massive. The bun was, like, good. Like, it wasn't, like, a little, you know, you know, you get those hot dog buns that aren't too fresh, like, a little bit hard. No, this is, like, perfectly soft hot dog bun, fresh out of the fucking thing, because they still had that weird powder on it. I don't know what that powder is. <laughs> but, you know, I, well, anyone... given you were in Oakland, I can take a guess. <laughs> no, no, no. Everyone knows what I'm talking about when you open like a new new pack of buns. They all got that weird little white powder on them. Oh, oh, yeah. No, just kidding. Um... <laughs> I was going to say, in case you were wondering why the episode was titled Oakland Powder, you've reached that portion of the podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, but no, yeah, and Endo at least knows what I'm talking about. I'm, like, know, it's, little, it's like, not. I'm not even residue. trying to do a drug reference, but it's brilliant. Yeah, the yeah. Residue of the bag. it was just yeah. such a good Polish dog, man. Like, just I had the ketchup, and I put like ketchup and mayo on it because I'm weird like that. But it was so good. It transitions perfectly into another question, although I will say Firehack is all asked, basically. What was it like to interact with the wrestlers? Because I got to interact with quite a few of them at Dynamite. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. Bring signs. They notice. They love it. It's a good time. Just uh, make sure you properly space out your letters. There you go, Endo. There's your reference. <laughs> horrible penmanship. <laughs> From Dipshit Supreme, what should Ketchup not go on? Because Sin mentioned it goes on hot dogs, mm-hmm. which it does. Yeah, Related, my roommate puts it on eggs. I think I live with a serial killer. It's, that's not I, the weirdest thing I've seen it put on. My co- my older cousin, Zach, used to put it on his Thanksgiving turkey because he that was the only way he would fucking eat it as a kid. And like they let oh, him do that no. until his teens, I'm pretty sure. I'm oh, like, oh, that's God. that's horrible. <laughs> they said, um, Zach, you're going to get bullied. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. oh, fuck. 
No, his oh. his dad was pretty wealthy. He probably never got oh. bullied. Um, God, but <laughs> I got money. I, steak. I put ketchup steak. where I want. <laughs> Doesn't ever go on steak. I oh agree. That's what ketchup. Um, eggs Facts. is like slightly forgivable because I put hot sauce and shit on my eggs, and yeah. some hot sauces are pretty close to ketchup. Yeah. Um, like sriracha. Yeah. It's so it's so mild that it might as well be ketchup because I'm yeah. hardcore. Depends on its viscosity, I think. Honestly, viscosity. it depends on that. It's what it is. I'm sorry. It's a, it's it's a, I mean, yeah, it technically more... fits, and that's the best kind of it fitting. <laughs> the best kind is of it? Is technically. That's not that's that's not my term for the best type of it's fitting. But okay. Oh. Um. Anyway, uh, steak is the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent steak. Oh God. Yeah, you haven't, uh, you haven't lived with some weirdos yet. If you think that's the weirdest thing you'll see in a housemate, they're digital. That's mid. That's a mid. That's go. a mid roommate, honestly. Yeah. From Fire Hackstall, after the win versus the Oilers a few days back, which is probably a week ago, are the Devils for real or is it still too early to tell? Which brings us to kind of that other side of the hey surprise standings, where right now the Boston Bruins off a of points percentage, number one team in the NHL. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But the positive surprises are the Devils are third, behind only Boston and Vegas. Winnipeg is fourth, and the Seattle Kraken are tenth. Now, for Seattle, it's crazy because obviously, hey, historic, first time in team history, but they are over 500, which they didn't accomplish at all last year. Um, For the Jets, I mean, Blake Wheeler scored his 300th career goal, so things are kind of looking up there. Before the Devils, uh, I believe it's over now, but an eight-game winning streak. Um, side note, too, they announced that Martin Brodeur, St. Louis Blues legend, is now the executive vice president uh, and involved in hockey ops for the Devils. Um, and Devils fans, you might recall, beginning of the season, were chanting, Fire, Fire Lindy. Lindy. And the other night, they were <laughs> chanting, Sorry, Lindy. <laughs> Sorry, Lindy. <laughs> And after the game, this comes from Amanda Stein on Twitter. Lindy Ruff with a huge smile. Quote, I accept the apology and maybe one day we can all sit down and have a beer and laugh about it. Out of the Stanley fucking cup. Let's go. (laughs) I like that he had a good sense of humor about it. Yeah. Just goes to show you why. Why. Booing players and and shit like that. Like on, especially like as a home home team. Don't boo your own people, man. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't vibe with that. So are the Devils legit? Yes. Yeah. Yes, they yeah. are. 100%, dude. Look at that lineup. Yeah. I mean, All I had you know, to do was despite kick... the fact. Hmm? <laughs> All I had to do was kick P.K. Subban to the, to the, uh, the, the writer's <laughs> room, and then there you go. Beautiful. Oh, we'll talk about P.K. in a second, too. But, yeah, no, I, I definitely view the Devils as legit. Now, do I think uh, it's very much possible that they could be the ducks of this season hot start and then kind of fizzle out yes uh but at the same time i also think now you know motivating factors are always so huge with a team and something like this just the first 15 16 games now of what's happened with lindy ruff and how they started the season that could be a big motivating factor to really propel this team towards keeping a playoff spot all season long so good stuff for uh for the New Jersey Devils, I think Jesper Brad as well as like top ten in scoring, or at least was at one point. Um, yeah, 
no, Devils have been great so far. So definitely view them as legit. From Tomash, what is your favorite shape? No context required. Just short, simple answers, please, fellas. I like it. My favorite shape is a cylinder, just like the cylindrical deodorant you can get at manscaped.com. And you can get it for cheap, too, by using the code Toogie. There you go. Endo. Oh, okay. Uh, My favorite shape is the one that I'm in, which is fit. Hey. Oh, yeah. yeah, I heard you were into fitness, Endo. Yeah. I mean, uh, you go to the gym all the time. You into fitness dick in your mouth? <laughs> I don't know. You got my address. Come over here, California boy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. He's already on his way. He just leaves the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh. no, Wilson, uh, you got an answer for your favorite yeah. shape after that? Or? Yeah. Hourglass. Hey. Hey. I was fully expecting Endo to be the one to just be like, the shape of your mother's ass. Ha! (laughs) Got him. (laughs) Thank you, Tomas. (laughs) (laughs) You got me. Guy from Boston, what Colorado Avalanche team would win the would win? The 2001 Stanley Cup winner or last year's Stanley Cup team? I mean, you'll obviously want to say the most recent team just because of how much the game has changed. Yeah. Um, but holy hell, what? that 2001 team was stacked. Yeah, Peter Forsberg. Uh, that one wins. Dude, all the they time won it. Peter Forsberg. They won it with Forsberg injured. He didn't even play in the game seven that they won the cup. Oh my God, yeah. 2001? Yeah. Oh shit, yeah. Because Wait, I have that I game that. seven still to this day recorded on VHS. Uh, if you're a kid, a everybody, v- VHS, there was a thing called a VCR, and it was like your uh, your DVR, or PVR, or TiVo, whatever the fuck you prefer. Is TiVo still a thing? I don't even fucking know. TiVo, sponsors. <laughs> and at the same time, that's how you would record things to watch them later. And I have seen Game book. 7, Avs Devils, at least two dozen times. And yeah, Peter Forsberg was not on the ice, at least for Game 7. Wow. Um, I don't remember that. Yeah, and they still won. I like look probably. Let's be honest, the most recent team because of how hockey's changed. But yeah, like that that two thousand one Colorado Avalanche team is my second favorite team ever, only of course behind the twenty eleven Bruins, and they were so fucking good. Yeah, so like, insane. Who would win? Stacked. The fans for getting to watch that series. That's yeah, who wins. All of us. Man, can you imagine like McKinnon? Versus Forsberg, Sackick, like what the heck? Jesus, right? Like Makar would have been better than almost anyone on the ice, though. At the same time, like imagine so, him like clashing with that team. That's so bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So in looking at it, um, you know the Avs. I'm getting their uh, playoff scoring. Uh, Sackick, Hayduk, Tangay, Rob Blake, Chris Drury. Forsberg only played 11 of the 23 games in that cup run. Um, obviously, wow. Ray Bork, Adam Foote, and then Patrick Waugh in goal. And then obviously, you think to this last year's Avs team, but, you know, freaking McKinnon, Rantanen, Kadri, Makar, and Taves on the back. Like, Jesus, that's that's an all-timer. Yeah. 
that's an all time yeah. like myth. Uh, I was gonna say mythical. It, it'd be mythical too. That is an all time hypothetical question of which one of those two teams wins because they were both fucking incredible. Yeah. From Reds Rebels, is Twitter Blue a good idea? With how many fake tweets have happened, do you think it gets reverted? That's um, funny. Twitter Blue is a great idea because we continue to see someone who, for whatever reason, is admired, continue to make a fool out of himself when he is in a position to have a more positive contribution on society, and he elects to uh, be the one of the biggest dick bags walking the earth kick me off of twitter i don't care uh elon musk can suck a fat one yeah fair point so here's the biggest here's the biggest mistake about twitter blue you would have solved everything if you just gave them the fucking twitter blue logo that's it you would have solved everything you wouldn't have had like companies lose billions of dollars to fake tweets I think the funniest one is a it's a pharmaceutical company getting a fake tweet saying they're gonna give insulin for free, which is absolutely comical because it should be free or at least not mm. sell for profit. AKA come to Canada, we'll get it for twelve fucking dollars. Which mm-hmm. is still high based on it's still world. high. Yeah. <laughs> which is nuts. But it's affordable ish. Yeah, it's yeah. five hundred bucks here, man, or three hundred. I don't even know. It's it's some gross and absurd amount. But yeah, that was the funny as fuck. Insulin is too damn high. That's what it is. Just, just diabetic long. problems. <laughs> just fuck Elon Musk. I can't stand that guy. At Nine all. Yeah, problems, my blood sugar ain't one. Hit me. Our final question comes from one Mr. R.G. Dust, and it will kind of lead us to a larger conversation about the Ottawa Senators. If Ryan Reynolds buys the Sens, do you think we'll see a Deadpool oh. jersey? Please, yes, please. That would be incredible. Now, I mean, minor league hockey, especially like the ECHL, loves those type of jerseys. The main Mariners always have a Marvel night, a Nickelodeon night, and then they raffle off the jerseys for, for charity. So it's just one of those things where I don't know if it'll ever be adopted at the NHL level, but like, holy shit, like, will you be able to find fan-made stuff that's the Sens logo with the Deadpool face on it? 100%. That's a whole thing you have to deal with when you're talking with the mouse, Cause especially because mm. Marvel's owned by Disney. So, and the mouse don't play around. I can tell you that. I mean, like they already have like some ties with the Anaheim Ducks. Is that still owned by Disney? No, um, is it? Well, it is. Founded. I thought it was founded. I thought I didn't think they're owners anymore, and that's why they changed. They really rebranded. They, they have to like lease out the rights to the Anaheim Ducks, like through them for any of the Mighty Duck stuff. That's oh, why, like, oh, you're talking yeah. about okay, okay, okay. I see what yeah, you're that's talking why about. Like, the main the, logo isn't like the their main uniform logo isn't the fucking duck or the mighty duck. Yeah, I thought I thought you were saying that they were still owned by Disney. Sorry. No, just that okay. that that property is still an entity of theirs, and so like that's why it's not a permanent like thing on there. It's crazy. So you have all the talk about Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, and it's like ah, come on, it's not going to happen. And then he goes to the Sens Canucks game, gets a standing ovation. And the next day or the day after it comes out that the Sens are officially for sale. Dependent or not dependent, but um, you know, a requirement in the deal is that they stay in Ottawa as well. Can't really say I'm surprised that, you know, Eugene Melnick's family would be looking to kind of yeah. move on from the team. Um, at the same time, like is... <laughs> 
is there a good chance that, yeah, Ryan Reynolds could be a minority owner in the Ottawa Senators by this time, even next year? Yeah, I think it is. I think it'd be pretty damn cool. It'd be a really nice boost of attention, too, because he talked about it, I think, on Jimmy Fallon when he was there. Um, It'd be a nice boost for hockey to have someone like him directly involved in team ownership. It's also worth noting for the Sens, um, RFA holdouts aren't typically common to go this long. For the Ottawa Senators, though, there is still one, and that is Alex Formanton, who, if he does not sign by December 1st, he cannot play. Uh, Pierre Dorian said, quote, I think both parties know that we have a December 1st timeline, and from there there's nothing else to report. Nothing has explicitly been said, yeah, explicitly been said by either party at this point, but it is assumed to still have to do with the Hockey Canada investigation as to why he has oh. not signed. Which well, imagine well. that a team doing their due fucking diligence as to uh, the potential consequences of if they were to sign someone who was involved potentially in some, some you know, in some shady shit. And you said it was uh, the Habs, right? Uh, sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I got that so, I mean, up. Formanton, okay. last year, 79 games, 32 points, young guy, 23, kind of on the way up, and now all of a sudden it's like, huh, they don't have him sign, Hockey Canada stuff, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with that, but I believe he's the last RFA out there. Hmm. I can't really recall anybody else. Who's who's still a holdout at this stage? Is, is when is the last time? Wasn't it Nylander that held out? Yes. For yeah, like that's the last kind of higher level RFA that I can think of that held out. Yeah, he held out to like the day of, like or it was crazy. Oh, I thought the season started. Yeah, yeah, it started and like he held out to like the day of like Oh, December. I see what you mean. It was Sorry. like an hour before the deadline was gonna hit and he signed the deal. And then he had a bad season, then he he picked it up after the next year. Yeah, I remember people hated him for a minute. Dude. And now they love him. It's all the boomers, man. <laughs> Fucking hell. Just take your take your meds, Dad. Come on. Calm down. Go to bed, Dad. So with that, thank you guys for uh, sending in your questions as always. We do have a couple of other things to talk about here. We'll see how much of it that we potentially get to. So one thing I didn't get to mention on last Monday's show, like I was going to, and then obviously was going to mention on Thursday, uh, was the fact that Peter McNabb passed away. Uh, longtime Bruin uh, was the Colorado Avalanche color commentator from the moment they moved to Colorado. Um, and just a really unfortunate passing, you know, throughout the history of the show, we'd be able to note when the news had first come out, um, that he had his cancer diagnosis and, you know, it's one of those things that I don't say in a way to like make light of his legacy, but like truly he was one of those players where it's like, okay, is like the history of the Boston Bruins. He's not going to be mentioned in that initial breath of like Bobby Orr and Ray Bork and uh, people like that. But he was like the the diehard fans favorite player. He was my dad's favorite player uh, for a while and does go down in, you know, in Bruins history is just one of those guys that it's like, okay, if you saw this guy play, it's like, holy shit, you know, uh, this is the type of player that truly does make any type of team better. And then the impact he had off of hockey outside of that, uh, just a really, really unfortunate story. And another 
really big loss for the for the hockey world in 2022. There's been quite a few. I mean, you know, it granted it happened in April, so it feels like a lifetime ago. But like Mike Bossy passing away, um, it's it's been a rough year in that regard uh, from the hockey side of things. And then there's the other kind of more negative aspect. Obviously, last week's show, last Monday's show, was all about the Boston Bruins and the uh, Mitch Miller side of things. And there have been a couple of updates since that has happened. Um, the Hockey Diversity Alliance put out a statement uh, directly from Isaiah Meyer Crothers uh, in his own words. Uh, I'm... What do you guys think? Should I read the full thing or are we under the presumption that people have seen it over the past week? Um, I don't know, man. That's up to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you can probably give a Cliff Notes example of everything that's in there because there's a lot. And it just makes the whole situation very, very, mu- not muddy, but it just it's just even worse than what it already was before. Because before it was kind of like word of mouth kind of thing. But then you have Isaiah putting out a full statement. But he's saying like, you know, like, all this stuff is like even worse than what we probably thought it was like Jesus. I mean, the, the gist of it is that, yeah, no, there is no positive relationship between he and Mitch. Um, and as the story keeps popping up, uh, one of the final lines, uh, mentioning that he gets messages from people on social media, um, you know, targeting, uh, his disability targeting him for his race and essentially saying he, he mentioned that one person said quote that Isaiah needs help which you would think would be more in reference to essentially those people that have accused him or his parents dragging this out for whatever reason yeah basically you know you think it's a bad enough situation and yeah it just keeps getting worse and you continue to feel incredibly sorry for this kid, his family, because they they don't deserve that in the slightest. So I do recommend it's up on, again, the Hockey Diversity Alliance Twitter uh, that was released on November 8th. Along with that, we found out that the Boston Bruins are not currently able to terminate Mitch Miller's contract. The team has, quote, limited options, including paying out Miller's salary until the end of the season when they can actually buy him out. It was worth noting as well, um, Ian Kennedy noted that uh, it was also confirmed that Montreal Canadiens prospect Logan Mayu, different set of circumstances between the two, not comparing them at all, but he is also not currently eligible to play in the league, which is nice in a way that it appears that the NHL has standards that, um, yeah, just because you get drafted, hey, um, apparently the NHL is looking for receipts, which you could argue is the league covering their own ass, but at least there appears to be a policy like that, so... Um, while a week ago feels like a month ago, um, oh, yeah. yeah, still an ongoing situation and still really fucking embarrassing. It's yeah. funny because, you know, I put out a video, um, initially about this on YouTube where I said, Hey, lack of, uh, accountability doesn't exist in the NHL. And of course a Tampa Bay lightning fan responded, why isn't this titled? The Bruins have embarrassed the NHL. Um, you know, because comparing a racist kid to holding a pandemic during a parade is is totally one to one. But for those that were looking for that, yeah, no, the Bruins absolutely embarrassed the NHL. There's no denying that. I it said as much. It just wasn't the title of that video. I think 
you know, my opinions from the last podcast kind of sum that up pretty damn well. Um, you know, the Bruins, like I said, are the best team in the NHL right now. Charlie McAvoy's back. The Bruins have set a franchise record for the longest home win streak to start a season with nine in a row after beating the Canucks. Am I able to enjoy the fact that my favorite hockey team is 14-2-0 as much as I'd like to? No, I'm not, because they went about embarrassing themselves and the entirety of the league. Um, I don't really think there's too much else to add there. Go read that... Um, Go read that post on the HDA's Twitter as you should. Yeah, I just I just read it. Yeah. Yeah, that's I why it. I was wondering if I should read out the whole thing because it's just No, you know. I don't really want to fucking read that again. It's heartbreaking as shit. Yeah. But you yeah. need to read it out there. All you all you people out there need to go read that. Yeah. Uh I'll make sure to put a link to it in the YouTube uh bio as well to take a read for it. because uh, honestly this is stuff that we need to talk about. And I'm glad that we're talking about it. Honestly, it, it sucks. Like we shouldn't have to, but this shit, this shit shouldn't happen in general. Like, yeah, you know, just don't be a fucking, don't be in it. Don't be a racist. Don't be, just don't be a racist. It's really easy. It's really, it's really easy. You know, just, just don't say anything. Don't speak. Don't, don't do any of that. Like, come on. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. not hard the good thing is people like mitch miller will continue to take l's as people far more prominent and talented than they will ever be continue to get put into the positions that they will uh thrive in and ultimately deserve and i don't know if that's the best transition but shout out to espn for landing the best fucking analyst in hockey pk suban on a multi-year deal which is fucking awesome that people like the types that defend mitch miller are, if you're in the U.S., you are going to have to watch someone like P.K. Subban absolutely thrive and be one of the faces of hockey in the United States for at least the next couple of years. And I hope that pisses them off because there is not another player in the league that I would say deserves that spot and will thrive more in that spot than someone like P.K. Subban. And we all knew this was coming, that he was going to get yeah. signed. It was just a matter of what network. I am excited because ESPN could use a little bit of help compared to TNT and PK is that type of guy yeah. to be able to bring that home. So tremendous news for mm-hmm. one PK Subban. Yeah. I think I called that like a, like when we talked about this originally and how he was doing some stuff, I said like, if Canada doesn't grab him, if CBC Sportsnet, TSN, they don't grab him, it's a big fuck up on their end. But at the mm-hmm. same time, this is a perfect opportunity to grow the sport, especially with, you know, certain communities and black communities and show them that representation is awesome, especially with a guy who knows the sport, who's been there. It's kind of like uh, with Sportsnet's panel, they have Kevin Bieksa there and like giving an actual insight into how things go. And, you know, they ha- I remember there was this one segment where uh, they were talking about like physicality and fighting. And then like, they were saying like, Oh, well, fighting is bad. It's like, yeah, there's a reason why they do it the way they do in the league. And trust me, that's the way they do it. And it's always where it's going to stay like that. Like, I, it's good to have an inside perspective on all this stuff. Like when they had uh, Kevin Weeks be like the goaltending guy and like Ken Hurd and Kevin Hurdy, just like doing their stuff, telling people how goaltending works from like a other standpoint. Cause no one really talks about that kind of stuff. It's good to see like a like a other view another aspect of that because like as a goalie you learn how shooters shoot and as a shooter you should learn how goalies act so you can 
counteract it too and learn more about the sport and educate yourselves. Great signing. You said it perfectly. Gentlemen, from here, it's pretty much just a bunch of different random kind of like stats and talking points uh, in regards to things that have happened over the past little bit. Uh, one thing that's really come to prominence, though, the 2019 draft class is here. There was a post yesterday on Reddit in terms of some of the guys that are in the league right now putting up points. Now, from the 2019 class, Cole Caulfield, nine goals, 16 points on the season, leading the way for current scoring in that draft class. Jack Hughes is second. And then Kirby Doc is in third. Now, Montreal, you know, interesting enough week with them. There was the whole Slavkovsky suspension uh, injuring Detroit's Matt Luff. But aside from that, the big talking point has been Kirby Doc. And uh, boy, boy, has Chicago screwed up. Montreal's top line. Caulfield, 16 points, 15 games. Suzuki, 19 points, 15 games. Kirby Doc, 14 and 15. They are 21, 23, and 21, respectively. Chicago, you fucking done goofed. Holy shit. <laughs> like, that, that is going better than any Habs fan could have possibly hoped for. Immediately, too. 15 games into the season. So... We uh we personally love common Chicago L's around here. Yeah. At least I do. <laughs> um worth noting as well from that, like Zegris Boldy, uh Matthias Maselli, I believe, for the Arizona Coyotes, who has ten points on the year. Oh uh, yeah. who's been very good out of absolutely nowhere. I think it was a fourth round pick in that draft. So we love common Arizona W's that continue to piss people off that are mad that they're still a team. But guess what? They're not going anywhere. <laughs> so that was phenomenal to see. Calgary Flames. Struggle bussing, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Hoover didn't just step it up and stop making us look like assholes. <laughs> yeah. So Jonathan Huberto has six points in 11 games. No, <laughs> not great. Is Kachuk still over point per game? <laughs> uh, let me check. I mean, I know Matthew Kachuk was suspended recently, but he's back. Matthew Kachuk has 17 points in 13 games. Yeah. Huberto's really making everyone eat their fucking words right now. Huh? God damn it. It's very frustrating to see Calgary struggle right now because it's like, ah, there's fucked. Oh, no, nope, they're going to be okay. And now, mm. ah, no, why is it going wrong? <laughs> yeah. But both goaltenders under a 900 save percentage. Um, depth scoring doesn't look incredibly strong. I mean, according to Cap Friendly, their second line left wing right now is Milan Lucic, who has three assists in 14 games. So I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's right from Cap Friendly that Huberto was lower on the chart than Milan Lucic, but that might be the case. Um, on a, a Daryl Sutter team, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> like, if you ain't producing and you're one of those guys, down the lineup you go. That'll do it. You're not wrong. Yeah. So, Although... we'll keep it out on Calgary, but I know some Leafs fans are like, well, Calgary's lost like 17 bajillion games in a row. 
why aren't people calling for their trades and firings? And it's like, well, this is what you get as Leafs fans. Yeah. Uh, one thing, though, Jacob Markstrom consistently has the best masks in the, in the league. Did you guys see his new mask? No. no, I only pay attention to relevant goalies like Linus Allmark. Yeah, fair enough. I don't care about I don't care about the cosmetic things, dude. I don't give a I don't give a fuck. He he looks sick, and he did like a pad stack the other day. It was awesome. It was beautiful. I did okay? see the pad stack. Save. The pad stack was beautiful. Good for like him. All, he has like an all black like tribute Bring like mask to Kippers to the Kippers off in his style, <laughs> and he has like his, he's commonly had like the like the skull teeth in there too, and it looks fucking awesome beautiful it's like a cod compilation where it's like oh i was sick get shit on get shit and then at the end of the, and then at the end of the round he looks at the scoreboard and he's 10 and 48 <laughs> <laughs> but all 10 kills i got were sick oh my god it's like a. <laughs> I get like like I always thought about that with those COD compilations where like kids are hitting like 360 no scopes and all that and then you mm-hmm. flash to their fucking scoreboard it's like one in like 23 and you're like what are you doing? Well yeah of course because they're just trying to get the the fucking one the awesome kill. Yeah it's it's really funny. You know how many times I used to go into like Halo Guardian by myself to try to do the barrel launches and get those down so that I could actually pull it off in a match. And then every time you try to pull it off, unless it was a 1v1, you're not going to it's not going to happen because you lower your shield all the way. Someone just needs to shoot you once in the head with a BR as you're fucking flying through the air. But it's the thought that and back then we didn't we didn't record clips. Back in my day. I mean, we did record clips. We could only share them on Xbox. We had a camcorder from the corner of the side of the room, and then I looked at the screen, and then I recorded it, and I had it on the cassette that I had to put into a special. You know what, Endo? Now I am. I'm gonna tell you about one of the first tutorials I watched about like how to record your uh, gameplay. This was oh back in like 2014. Did, did it, 2014, did Endo. Hold on. Did it have Dreamscape in the background? Like, what the fuck is Dreamscape? No. Do you know that um, song? It's like the YouTube anthem you, from like the early like 2010s. It was like. Did you buy it, a hapodge? Oh my no god. Clue. It was just like, oh, okay. People in the in the comments will know. I'm, what I'm trying to help about. out your fucking joke here, and you're just you're, you keep cutting me off here. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. So. One of the one of the things I said, you can take an HD digital camcorder and plug in the components, you know, know back when the 360s had component cables, you could you could record your gameplay into a HD digital camcorder. Yes. And like that was one of the ways that was suggested instead of like capture cards. The video was from like probably like 2012 or something like that when I was watching it back in 2014 and like figuring it out. I tried that. And then the uh, the only the only one we had had uh, we had no memory stick for it, so I, I bought a capture card. Smart man. Anyway. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> but did your fucking tutorial have the fucking dreamscape? I think it's like soundscape, whatever. It's just like it had. No, like, I, I didn't text. even watch it on YouTube. I watched it on uh, Vimeo. Shit. Daily motion. No, I forgot yeah. the Netscape. Net- <laughs> there we go. Netscape. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> I'm gonna say new grounds. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> God. Time for my uh weekly I love Jason Robertson section. Eight game point streak. One goal in seven of those eight games. Jason Robertson's amazing. Has like 16 points in eight games. I love him. He's the best. 
Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, rough news today. Um, you know, they had a really nice moment on the, the weekend, or at least last week, with Corey Solomon visiting the team, who obviously is currently battling ALS. Um, mm. So, uh, fucking Leafs fans, like, you, you know, hey, here's this really nice moment honoring a fucking legend of hockey. And then it's like, all right, back to reality. Jake Muzzin's career might be over. And it's like, Jesus. Um, confirmed out indefinitely with a cervical spine injury. He'll be reevaluated in late February. Um, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I don't want to speculate that his career is over, but an injury like that, it wouldn't be unheard of. Um, you know, he is someone I've seen the sentiment a lot. I, you know, you hope the guy does whatever makes him healthy, but at the same time, in terms of having anything left to prove in the world of hockey, multiple time Stanley cup champion, he's got nothing left to prove. Yeah. So whatever he does, hope it's his decision to make and not one that he's forced into via injury. But um, yeah, th- there is a chance that we may have seen Jake Muzzin play his last game. And it almost feels, I, I guess, disrespectful to talk about like, well, what does this mean for the Leafs then? Even though obviously it directly impacts them, but yeah, first and foremost is the human side to it. Yeah. Cross that bridge. If you get there. Right. Yeah. And I mean, shit, if he comes back in late February or March or even towards the playoffs, that's a huge, huge boost for a team in Toronto that you would very much you know, expect to be on the cusp of the playoffs, or at least not already there. So we'll continue to see what happens with that. We talked about the avalanche earlier. Let's circle back. Kale McCarr, in terms of talking about fucking insane players, uh, needs four points in his next nine games to be the first ever defender to hit 200 points in 200 games. The first one to ever do that. Um, And as well, in terms of goal scoring, he tied Paul Coffey for fourth in terms of fewest games to hit 50 goals. Um, That being amongst defenders since fucking World War II. Um, he and Coffey both hit 50 goals as defenders in 191 games played. The only people to beat them, uh, Denny Potvin did it in 185 games, Ray Bork in 170. And then I don't think this generation talks about this fucking guy enough. Phil Housley. Phil fucking Housley. 50 goals in 148 games as a defender. That's impressive as hell. He was like kind of, I'm, if I'm thinking of the right guy. Um, he was playing when I was, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. Uh, his career spanned until 2003. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I remember him in some of my early NHL video games. Okay. I was just trying to confirm that that was the same Housley. Yeah. Hockey hall of famer years, of course, with the Sabres bounced around uh, a little bit from there. But, yeah, I don't think he gets talked about enough for just how fucking good he was unless you're a fan of the team that he he played on um like his stat lines are ridiculous like he was a ridiculous player um fuck and the fact that you know you talk about Kale McCarr directly being in the same breath as fucking Potvin Bork Housley Paul Coffey ridiculous absolutely ridiculous which leads us to the Edmonton Oilers really quickly. Um, as again, Connor McDavid history has 500 career games. This is a list of most points in NHL history at 500 games played. Sidney Crosby hits 500 games. He has 706 points. 
Connor McDavid ahead of him at 722. The only players he was behind, Yari Curry at 730, Bossy 757, Peter Stashney 759, and then it just fucking goes wonky. Again, McDavid was at 722. Mario Lemieux, 971. <laughs> and then who else? Keep in mind, 500 games in the NHL. Connor McDavid, 722 points. Wayne Gretzky, 1,186. Jesus it's just Christ. absurd. Yeah. He'll never escape the comparisons. Because no matter how good Connor McDavid is, the best of his generation... I mean, God, people would put up an argument for him to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame now if he were to have a career-ending injury. Yeah. He's just going to be, like, intrinsically tied to the fact that it's like, oh, look at these numbers. Crazy that he's even in the conversation with some of these other guys. And then there's Wayne. Like, yeah. I saw a graphic today that was talking about most points all time between um, brothers in the NHL because you have – the likes of yeah. Daniel Alfredson <laughs> and Henrik Sedin <laughs> in like the Hall of Wayne Fame. and Brent Grady. It's like, you know, Wayne's carrying that weight, right? <laughs> like yeah, the they had they, they put the Gretzky brothers. <laughs> it's like, it you motherfucker. I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like, How shout out you? to fucking I forget, brother, Brent, whatever this brother. fucking name is. Oh, it's. It's hilarious. I, I don't know who it? made that graphic, but Who's the other it is Brent Gretzky. Brent. And then I okay, think God. A, I, I thought I was going crazy. And then there's a cousin, Keith, I believe. Yeah. That, okay, yeah, yeah. Who, yeah that was a scout. Wait, what the fuck? Hold on a second. Keith Gretzky currently uh, is an assistant general manager with the Edmonton Oilers. Keith Gretzky. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, we know that. All right, I found the graphic. It was uh, okay. NHL on Facebook. So most combined points all time by brothers. You have the Sutters, uh, all 17 of them. Uh, yeah. I felt like this Brent... list was, it was the most unfair thing. Please continue, though. I'll, I'll just. Yes. I'll... <laughs> so you have at 2012 points, the Richard brothers, Henri and Maurice. 2,111, Daniel and Henrik Sedin. 2,169 for the Stashney brothers, Anton, Marion, and Peter. 2,861 points for Brent and Wayne Gretzky. And then the Sutter brothers with 2,936. Brent, Brian, Daryl, Dwayne, Rich, and Ron. Jesus Christ. It's like... It's it like took fucking team. six of them <laughs> to beat Wayne and Brent, asterisk. Imagine one of them was a goalie. He's just like, yeah, I got an assist that one time. <laughs> like, fuck. Like, Brent might as well have been a goalie. Like, fuck, yeah. man. Oh, fuck. It's like that one episode in GTA 5 when you kill all those fucking hicks at the meth lab. And they're just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? All those all those hick brothers. That was it was like when he was reading off the Sutters, man. Like, what? Oh, my God. Oh, just Beautiful. no context. Yeah, that one time you're just killing a hicks at a meth lab. It's like, oh, okay. Like, oh, yeah, the one... <laughs> yeah, when Trevor like gets, is on the phone, he's telling like all the ones he killed so far. He just lists off all these names. <laughs> Oh Whatever. Is that That's before what it reminded me or of. after Scooter Brothers? What? You don't remember Scooter Brothers from the game? No. Oh, look up Scooter Brothers GTA 5. Come on. Okay, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. 
Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, Unbelievable. I, I think it was one of the cutscenes where you transition back to uh uh back to Trevor and he would just be on a scooter drunk off his ass on the highway. Oh, dude, I've um, never seen that. What the fuck? Wow, that's that's there were so many random like transitions like that. It, was, it's, it kept the game fresh for sure. Yeah. Um, also worth noting for the Oilers, of course, in the time since our last show, uh, there was the injury to Evander Kane, um, getting a very bad cut on the wrist. Uh, he's on LTI. He'll be out for three to four months. Thankfully, is okay. Um, scary, scary shit, but something that is a potential reality for literally every single hockey game played. It is amazing um, and incredibly fortunate that we don't see more players suffer cuts on a nightly basis, um, especially to that extent. So again, yeah. glad in the grand scheme of things, he's okay. Just a very unfortunate injury uh, for one of Vander Kane. Oh, man. the other his... talking point. Oh. Go ahead. Are you going to talk about uh, what his, uh, is a wife posted on uh Social media. Did you, are you guys? Hmm? Didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see it? Oh, so after he got hit, uh, after he, the incident happened, she posted on her Instagram, all smiles over here, and then a link to her, her OnlyFans. What, what, a, what a nice lady. The, what the a grind nice lady. never stops, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that whole situation is so fucked. That whole situation is so fucked. The other talking point for the Oilers, aside from Evander Kane's partner's uh, OnlyFans, um, was noted. Uh, now, Mark Spector attracts some negative attention, often because of his own doing. But they started to play Yessi Pugliarvi with Connor McDavid, um, who has zero points, I believe, with McDavid. Uh, one now in four games. Because at the time, he had, and to this point now, he has three points in 16 games this year, does Pugliarvi. Solid player, good defensively, but is not making the impact on that score sheet. Uh, and in general, the younger guys for the Oilers. Um, Pugliarvi, three points in 16 games. Dylan Holloway with, with two and 12. Um, Clem Costin played his first game for the team. Finally, he hasn't really played enough. Kyler Yamamoto had three points in 13 games before, uh, suffering an injury. And at the same time, Jack Campbell is fucking struggling. Jack Campbell, fresh off that new deal, 10 games in four, two, eight goals against average with an eight seventy three save percentage compared to Stuart Skinner, seven games. 253 goals against average with a 932 save percentage. Franchise I'm still backup. seeing a lot of the same issues for the Oilers and that your depth is lacking. And unfortunately you just took a risk on another goaltender. Now granted Jack Campbell seems like more of a safe bet than Koskinen or Smith, but man, you did have Stuart Skinner already. Did you really necessarily need to try to, Go with the. I guess I mean it makes sense to go with the sure thing in Jack Campbell, but I still look at like the surrounding cast between McDavid, Drysital. Like you do have Nuge and Zach Hyman there, but aside from that, I look at that supporting cast and it's like Jesus Christ, what are you gonna do if you run into a team that can kind of help mitigate those stars a little bit? You don't have any depth 
And now you got five million locked up with a goalie. Granted, it's only ten games started, but Jack Campbell's been fucking awful. Yeah, it's kind of rough for him. Maybe we were wrong. Maybe the Leafs shouldn't have kept him. Yeah, <laughs> kind of rough for my fucking go. argument because I'm like, yeah, well, they they signed two goalies for the price. They could have kept Jack Campbell, and then he's doing this. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Connor Bedard, watch as well. Um, he's he's fucking ridiculous. And Sin, I am so sorry that the Sharks aren't dead last in the league, and that you might end up seeing your favorite team have competition for the number one lottery odds. Connor Bedard, watch after a week and the updated numbers for him with the WHL's Regina Pats. Through twenty games played, he has eighteen goals. And 25 assists, 43 points in those 20 games. Elite Prospects projection for 61 goals and 85 assists, 146 points in 68 games is the pace that he's on. That's a, yeah, that's crazy. He is going to change somebody's entire franchise outlook. Yep. And I hope, 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 hope it is the san jose sharks oh my god that's amazing thank you yeah i don't know if it will be i just feel like it's such a sharks thing for them to start fucking doing okay right now like it's gonna happen like they're just gonna like yeah well we'll get close to 500 and end the season like that (sighs) can't have nice um was gonna mention too some of the rangers shortcomings in terms of their points uh both lafreniere and capocaco each have seven points in 17 games um but also at the same time, I feel like we talked about it a lot where it's like, what the fuck's going on with the Rangers? Yeah, like, they suck at managing prospects. Next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Minnesota. Wanted to mention them before our final real talking point. Uh, Matt Boldy has matched or almost matched. He is now the second fastest player in wild history to accumulate 50 points in his NHL career um, as he did it in his 60th game. Kirill Kaprizov did it in his 54th. Yep. So Minnesota, please don't fucking waste Matt Boldy and Kirill Kaprizov. My God. Woo-hoo. Fantasy steal Matt Boldy, man. I can only imagine. Yeah. Jesus. Bro, I got, I can't, I got him after in like probably around the 10th round. <laughs> oh, maybe a little bit sooner. Like, I, I don't know. He, he was ranked like 166 <laughs> in the draft. Hilarious. Yeah. So he was great like, last year. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. There's players like that. There's so many steals like that in fantasy that like people just it's weird. Anyway, not to get on a fantasy train here. Well, speaking of fantasy, our final talking point. It's been a little bit over a week now, but we passed the one year anniversary of the Jack Eichel trade for the Vegas Golden Knights. Wanted to talk about what it looks like now for these two teams. For the Buffalo Sabres, they are currently... 24th in the league. 24th. They acquired Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, a conditional first round pick uh, that became 16th overall, Noah Ostland, and they have another conditional pick uh, this year. Um, if Vegas' selection's not in the top 10, Buffalo will receive their 2023 second round pick. So that's still another second round pick potential to come. So for Buffalo, again, shit, probably want to be a little bit better than you are. 
but I mean, it's still early. For the Golden Knights, they get Jack Eichel, who just scored a hat trick against the Sabres in his return to Buffalo. And the Vegas Golden Knights are currently 13-3-0, the second best team in the NHL. Yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> yeah. The Jack Eichel revenge tour is uh, on at this stage. Yeah, I was really excited to see Vegas trade another piece for absolutely nothing if they were struggling, but I'm not going to see them implode further. It looks like they're finally back on the right track, or the winning track. I still don't think they're on the right track, but uh, whatever. We'll see how they where they are in three or five years. I I hate to say it, but yeah, Vegas is... Because um, I, I said it this summer, and I meant it. Like, you know, Vegas, it's like, man, you kind of fucking blew all that goodwill. Like, even I'm like, yeah, fuck it. But... Yeah, this team is looking friggin' phenomenal under Bruce Cassidy. Dare I say Bruins Vegas in the in the cup final. Please Dare win. I say it. I don't care. You can say it. Just fucking win. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Don't well, you dare enough. let them do this. I think they're the only team, by the way, in Vegas that has two goalies above a 920 save percentage. With Hill and Thompson, who have both been fucking the hell? awesome <sighs> yeah. yeah we're not talking about that okay fair enough gentlemen i think with that we have done a good enough job of trying to condense a week's worth of information into one show everybody i hope you enjoyed listening to oakland Thanks for Powder. Ending with vegas i'm gonna have a great rest of my day <laughs> Appreciate you want to talk about Connor bedard again no <laughs> just let me <laughs> you I, want to I talk about how uh, the sharks have been winning lately Oh, oh, we could talk about how Eric Carlson fell on his ass and gave up a 2-1-0. That was fucking funny as shit, dude. I'm not even going to lie. That was funny as shit. I would have been more, I would have been pissed last year when he wasn't fucking in, like, the best scoring defenseman. I don't know. He probably isn't, but he's incredible. Uh, I think he is still the. He might be. Okay, dude. I didn't even know. I'm like, I I figured Kale McCarr would pass him at this point because the Sharks are so bad. Oh, we didn't talk about the Hockey Hall of Fame game. What were, well, I didn't know what. There really was to talk about aside from Roberto Luongo popping. He bobs. scored a goal as a forward and hit the fucking gritty. He emoted, as the kids call it. <laughs> I didn't see him hit the gritty, of course. He, he hit did. the gritty. It was so bad, but I love it. <laughs> That's funny as shit. I love I love Roberto Luongo. He is He's one of my so favorite chill. humans. And I fell in love with him when he when he defended Tomas Hurdle from particularly Don Jerry, but. That was the uh, Joe Thornton comment, wasn't it? That no, 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 Luongo. Um, well, yeah, the, yeah, that was what the it Joe Thornton the incident, comment though. came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Luongo said, like, he was tweeting, like, he, he's like, I think it's just crazy. He's like, you know, the kid scores four goals, and all people can talk about is how he celebrated after the fourth one. That's mm. kind of crazy. And then he tweeted, I hope someone doesn't hurdle my feelings tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I love for a while, no one knew that the Strombone, like, account was his. Until mm. like, because he was like live tweeting during games and the whole like conspiracy like around it for like a month was like, who the fuck is this? How is and he live like, tweeting during games? Yeah, people were trying to like figure out like what was happening because like every time he was benched, he like he would like live tweet during a game or something like that. It was so crazy. I, that's kind of nuts because I figured they'd have a rule where you couldn't bring a phone onto the bench or something. Yeah, hey, you got st- spare time. Corey Schneider takes your job, you know. 
You know what? Maybe he maybe he was at the Sharks Arena where they make you sit by yourself across the across the rink in that little hole. There's several arenas like that where goalies have to sit by themselves. Yeah, and Team Lindros beat Team Sundin as as they would. So ten six. Yeah. There you go, gentlemen. It's been a good one. We'll be back Mm -hmm. on Thursday. Until then, Endo Mills, what do you have going? Um, contemplating my life choices uh, as always. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I just ran a poll on Twitter to see, like, when a good streaming time is. And it appears everyone likes the, the 4 to 8 slot, apparently. That seems like a good slot to stream at. Some 12 to 4 and Some 4 to 8. Some good market research. Yeah. My <laughs> 18 people out of the 702 and, like, 400 porn bots that follow me on Twitter. Don't Still ask how, I but they just, they just do. You're not going to get my number. And all of them are promoting Evander Kane's Partners Only fans. All of them. Ooh. What what who is this? Oh, I got to talk to this guy. I'm going to mark I just got a I just got a cool email. I'm going to do that thing. All right, yeah. I'm on Twitch. I do stream. Uh I'm going to stream this week whatever. Yeah, yeah, at CA. I have merch, Cloud Chaser merch. Yeah, that's cool. Bye. Sam, what do you got going on, buddy? Absolutely fucking nothing. Waiting for my new rosters to be done so I can start my new franchise mode. Because <laughs> I don't do my own go. rosters because I hate it. And uh, especially when I learned that the, trying to make the, the people born in the third eligible draft year it, uh, breaks the game. It, it has so been fixed cool. since. Thank oh, it you. has been fixed. Yeah. Shit. Well, hey, bad. you should have asked me. I have the desire to roster it and I'm not because it's terrible. Yeah, hey, I'll <laughs> ask you next time. There you go. Got to outsource. Let me scratch that itch. Oh, I do outsource. Yeah, but he, he's he's been busy now. He's got more work hours and shit like that. Got a job. Imagine, Imagine having guy. a job. Unreal. <laughs> I wish. We'll see you <laughs> on Thursday, everybody. Yeah. Hopefully. Who's to say? I don't know. Yeah. Somebody end this show. Some. I'm in control of the off button. Somebody end the show. Say something funny. Roll tie. Well, I don't fucking know. That's <laughs> my mama. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>